Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. And we are back broadcasting live for ATDC Radio. This is the home stretch. This is our final episode today, Lee, right? The headliners. Hey, this is going to be such a fantastic segment. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast Startup Catalyst in the Healthcare Technology Vertical, Mr. Kirk Barnes. How are you, man? Outstanding. Good afternoon. Well, Kirk, uh, before we get too far into things, can you talk a little bit about the healthcare tech um, catalyst role? How are you serving people? Who are you serving? Sure, like sure. So- Overview. In my role as a uh, startup catalyst here at ATDC, we basically help entrepreneurs throughout the entire state of Georgia learn how to scale and launch technology businesses. And so as we have four different verticals here, uh, healthcare is my area of expertise, which we launched this vertical about a year ago. So I help entrepreneurs in the have anything healthcare related as far as technology, launch their business, scale it, help them find uh, connections, resources, coach them sometimes therapist, but um, all the above. Now, how'd you get into this? Were, did you, were you part of a startup that exited? How, how'd you get involved with ATDC? It was uh, actually it did stem from a career in healthcare in the pharma biotech space. Then I was at a nanotechnology startup out of Northwestern University and through some multiple connections ended up being connected here to ATDC where I mentored, was a volunteer mentor for a couple of years and then was asked to come on staff uh, a couple of years ago. And then um, what were you envisioning as the role of a catalyst? Wow, that's a, you know, when I first got into it as, you know, being a mentor beforehand, uh, I thought it was really just helping um, entrepreneurs with any type of business ideas or just things that can help their business grow. But as you get into it, it's really learning everything that we can do to help entrepreneurs succeed. So sometimes it's helping them learn how to hire the right people. Sometimes it's helping them with business strategies. Sometimes it's helping with introductions and connections. And and uh, usually it comes down to the, the two C's, ca- cash and cash. Cash and connections. Right, you're exactly right. So now in your role in these other um, firms, were th- was it in the technology? Technology side or business development? More so in the the business development, sales, marketing, and uh, I like to say I I haven't um, been on the legal finance or the technical side, so mm-hmm. more on the business side of things. So now, how are you fitting in here? There's a lot of techie people in this room. Yes, exactly. So I'm the the, <laughs> the least, least technical person in the room. Uh, I know enough to be dangerous. I think you know having a career selling highly technical things allows me to at least talk the talk. And I like to say I'm a, I'm a mile wide and an inch deep. Uh-huh. So at least it allows me to, uh, to, to have some, you know, pretty intellectual conversations with a wide variety of people. Now, when you're dealing with these startups, what are, are you seeing some common threads, some common challenges that they all have? Sure. I think, you know, for, for every, any kind of startup, as we have many here at ATDC, um, you know, the challenges, uh, you know, very rarely is it just the technology itself. It's how do you package it? How do you articulate clearly what the product is and ultimately get customers? I think for healthcare startups, it's even more difficult because you have regulation. It's a, you know, very difficult and lengthy sales process where, you know, if you just have an app that you're going to help people find sports, that's pretty, don't say easy, but it's doable. But in the regulatory space, you're dealing with patients, their lives and regulation and insurance and, it makes the sales cycle sometimes 18 to 24 months. 
Now, when you're working with some of these um, technology-driven firms, how much of your time is spent kind of getting them to, I don't want to say dumb it down, but to just make it um, so a, a lay person that could be the buying decision person can understand it and really embrace it? That's a that's a great question. And it's it's one of those things I, I, I probably spend a, maybe half my time is helping entrepreneurs learn how to articulate their message to the right audience. Like sometimes people don't need to know, the audience doesn't need to know um, don't need to know all of the specific uh, specifics about their technology, right? They just need to know how does it help me solve the problem that I have? And that will look different when you talk to a CEO versus a CFO versus the technical person or the doctor or the doctor themselves. You're right. exactly right. And, and sometimes if it's the doctor or the nurse, how do you help them um, understand how to articulate that to patients? Right? So you're right. It's, it's helping the, the very technical founder learn how to translate their technology to a language and uh, that, that can be understood by their res- respective audience. Now, when you start having those conversations, do you find that they're open to that kind of coaching or do they feel like this is something they, they got already and they don't need your kind of help? It depends. You know, I think the, the first time we have those discussions and uh, if, a, if a company doesn't listen to you to listen to me and they go and they have a meeting and it flops, then they'll come back and say, well, let's try it your way. Right. So Coachable moment then, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, but I think most of the companies that are at ATDC and are in this type of ecosystem understand that if they really had it all figured out, they wouldn't be here. Yeah, they wouldn't need ATDC. Exactly, exactly. Now, um, you believe, I guess, healthcare startups are a little different than other startups here because of the regulation. Right. You think that's the biggest difference? Absolutely. I think the, the regulation and and sometimes, uh, in many instances, the consumer or the, the person that ends up using the product is not the same person that pays for the product. Right. So when you ask a healthcare startup, who is your customer? There's the famous marketing answer. It depends, right? right. It depends on who's going to use it versus who's going to pay for it. So, and that can vary from state to state, from city to city, even, um, you know, a hospital across the street from one another will have completely different processes. So I think that that's what makes it so challenging. If you sold to one hospital, you sold to one hospital. Right. That's not scalable. Exactly. Now, what about with all the um, political ramifications of healthcare in America? Um, how does that come into play? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a loaded question. <laughs> I'll, I'll stay. I mean, on the it just side. adds more kind of um, things you don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And I think there's 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 the the other component that having to stay abreast of political issues and also who's running office that may sway the way that policies are going to dictate what gets covered and reimbursed. And so if you have a business that's built around a disease state that may change with their the, the, the next leadership or the next person that comes in office, how that, how that procedure is reimbursed and they decide not to reimbursement, reimburse it, then you, you know, might be could, out of business. That could kill your business. You're exactly right. right. Exactly right. So now those are some of the things that I guess you have to at least address, but it might be, it may not be a deal killer because they could go, look, you know, we'll wait four years and someone else will be in office, right? Exactly right. And the the timeline could work in their favor because by the time it gets through all the regulations and approvals. Right. Yeah. And I think that, to your point, so on top of building a business and, you know, knowing your product, developing your product. Um, getting customers, raising money, you know, this is one we also have to have to understand uh, who are uh, who's in office, who are writing the laws, 
what those laws are, how are they going to change? So that's another dynamic and complexity to being in healthcare as well. Right. That other startups aren't really exactly. having to deal with. So now who'd you bring with you today? I brought with me, uh, we just recently announced one of our latest partnerships to ATDC. So um, we launched the the vertical last year with our partner NASCO that's based in Sandy Springs, Georgia, that's in the health insurance space. And we have a um, another strategic partnership with Navicent Health that's now part of Atrium Health in the Carolinas. Um, and we just last week, or was that Tuesday, last week, announced our partnership with the Morehouse School of Medicine. And so I have uh, Arletha Williams that's here with me. Arletha? Uh, hello, everyone. Well, Arletha, tell us about your work at Morehouse. Um, well, I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Family Medicine. I'm also director of our Innovation Learning Laboratory for Population Health. I'm an instructor in the graduate program yeah. for biotechnology. <laughs> and most recently, um, I will be the ATDC liaison. Um, so. so now how do you um, see this relationship growing and building? Oh, yeah. So we're very excited at Morehouse School of Medicine, obviously. Um, so we are interested in having our faculty members connected um, to AT ATDC to be able to help um, focus on commercialization of our researchers' health tech discoveries and growing an entrepreneurship ecosystem um, at Morehouse School of Medicine. So to get the kind of people in the medical field to think more like an entrepreneur? Exactly. That's part of it? Exactly. And then to immerse themselves in the kind of the ATDC ecosystem will help kind of accelerate that, you think? Yes, exactly. So now, um, was there a clamoring from the folks at Morehouse to say, you know what, we would like to do more entrepreneurial things. Um, can you help us do that? And is that where the the partnership at least began? Yeah. So, I mean, we have a history. Um, so we have our uh, Morehouse School of Medicine clinics. Um, and in those clinics, we see about um, 3 million office visits per year. Um, and we also see about 45 million in grants and contra uh, contracts in research revenue. Um, so we already have researchers or, you know, faculty members. We, uh, doing healthcare research, we have about 500 students, 150 residents, and about 300 clinical faculty. So of that, we have, um, over 200 patents protecting 25 technologies that are targeting health inequities. So it's something that we were already doing, you know, on, um, you know, a large scale. However, um, our faculty and staff really wanted to learn, you know, how to commercialize the research, you know, that they are doing, their discoveries, the things that they're learning while they're in, uh, the community, um, while they are participating in the advancement of health equity. So now, uh, Talk to me how it's going to play out in real life. So you're a, a Morehouse researcher. Mm -hmm. How did that? How does that person plug into the ATDC ecosystem now? Right. So we have an office of translational technology. It's headed by Dr. James Lillard. Um, and so if a faculty member or you know student are interested um, in uh, either commercializing a discovery that they already have, or you know kind of just interested in you know learning more about entrepreneurship. Um, they would visit our office and we would talk to them, you know, about their interest. Um, and then they would also uh, sign up for ATDC's Educate program. Right. And then, Kirk, so you would be kind of a bridge, too, so that when they got here, then you would kind of get involved and to help them, you know, create a minimum viable product and do all the startup-y things that a person with an idea, maybe it's a, a medical device or 
or whatever it is to help them commercialize it. Exactly right. I think that, you know, what we, what we have is being part of the educate membership allows them access to our curriculum, even our other mentors that, that, that extend our coaching staff beyond what we have on staff at ATDC. Um, and also just a lot of the other uh, strategic partners that we have, the different corporations we work with, other health systems that we work with. Um, and even as Arletha and I were talking about, um, as we have classes that just help entrepreneurs in general, we also have classes that are healthcare specific. Mm-hmm. So we have classes that are taught, for example, like how do you navigate the regulatory process for a new medical device? Or how do you um, strategically protect your intellectual property as a healthcare startup? So we have other classes and curriculum. And, and one of the, the big things we were talking about is um, we have a phenomenal resource here, Connie Castile. Uh, on staff that that helps entrepreneurs um, identify the best kind of money, right. free money That's through right. grants, grants, uh, SBIR, STT, STTR grants, and many times entrepreneurs have no idea that they're right. out there. And even if they had an idea, they'd never be able to navigate it exactly. on their own. You're exactly right. And uh, is that an area that you're? It, this brings more resources to Morehouse, right? Is that part of this as well? Because now Morehouse, by extension, has access to all of this brain power here in the connection. Yes, definitely. And um, that's part of the issue. So minorities and women, they lack access to startup capital and expertise. So the ATDC MSM partnership will help kind of change that disparity. Mm-hmm. So um, is this a relationship that you just said, OK, we're going to start this relationship or do, is this piloted for a period of time or you're just going boldly forward? We're married. That's it. You're, you're in now. We're in. And I'll also throw in, I think the other side to Arletha's point is the um, the physicians and the patients that they serve um, will also have access to a lot of the innovation that's here. So many times patients in underserved populations, they are, they're not on the – always on the receiving edge of cutting edge innovation, right. right. On the receiving end of it. And so this is another um, part of our, ben- this, this partnership where our entrepreneurs that are creating cutting edge technology can then bring that directly to the Morehouse school of medicine clinics and put that in the hands of physicians that are treating their patients as well. So it's uh, from an ATDC standpoint, they're going to be able to leverage the resources of Morehouse Absolutely. as well. So it, it's symbiotic relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then what's your dream of dreams? How does the story end? Oh, our dream of dreams is to have our faculty members actually be able to commercialize their discoveries. Um, so I myself and there are a few other faculty members who have been working, you know, on um, different medical devices, curricula, um, you know, wearables. And we just like to be able to actually commercialize them, you know, so take them out of our heads <laughs> and out of the lab. Right. You know, into a uh, store. Yeah. So now. Kirk, are you doing anything that's going to accelerate that? Is there a way to kind of jumpstart some of these? Because this has probably been brewing for a while that you're probably chomping at the bit to try to get some of this stuff going. Is there kind of a a launch program to get some of this thing going? So we actually have plans for a big launch event. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, right now during the summertime, it's a little slow, Mm -hmm. right? So we'll wait for everybody to come back back. and have an official launch event. But, Mm -hmm. but even before the launch event, you know, are the conversations with Dr. Lillard and Arletha, we already have a few people, companies that are working together. We have 
um, a Dr. Hadia Green that has a um, technology using lasers and nanoparticles to cure cancer. And so she's actually one of the first nonprofit startups that's working here at ATDC as well. Um, and then we have an ATDC company, um, Gavin Max, is working with, with Morehouse on um, some nutritional startup, um, nutritional-based startup um, around certain diseases like diabetes and heart, heart disease that's working with the clinicians at Morehouse as well. So we're already working, working towards working with one another, and I just expect that to accelerate. So now what caused you to create a formal kind of partnership rather than I guess it was at least casual or, or was working a little bit? Well, I think, you know, what, what I've seen in healthcare, it is, it is, I won't say impossible, but darn near impossible to do anything by yourself. And I think that, I think being in, in, in healthcare, particularly in, in Atlanta, I think is absolutely ridiculous to have, you know, people in the same city that aren't working well together and to be able to put some parameters around what that looks like, like why not, right? There's there's things that we we go to the same conferences, we talk to the same people, we go to the same meetings, but you know, people talk but then nothing's actually done. So I think when you create a partnership like this, it it kind of sets this expectation that this looks great on paper. Now, what are you going to do, especially in a public forum? And there's so much to gain from working closely with a great partner like like Morehouse School of Medicine. And then is this type of collaboration, are you looking to create more of those? Yes, I think with, with um, you know, the the right partners, for example, you know, if, if as we design this healthcare um, vertical, we thought about having partners with with organizations that are critical to startups that have access to. So in the payer space with insurers, right? So NASCO provides us access to um, payers like Anthem and Blue Cross plans across the country. Um, we had a, we have a partnership with um, Navicent Health that ha- helps us get ac- gain access to rural health in middle Georgia, right? And their health system. And then now we're part of Atrium. Uh, they're part of Atrium, which is the seventh or eighth largest system in the country that helps our entrepreneurs um, kind of expedite how they gain access to a health system. Morehouse School of Medicine brings um, a tremendous amount of, of resources to us from an R&D perspective, as well as working with, you know, both rural and underserved populations as well. And then I think what you'll see in the future are partnerships with pharma, biotech companies, medical device companies, and even just some general technology companies as well. Is there uh, a place for kind of these social impact organizations as well that are just trying to do good, but maybe don't have the ecosystem? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's interesting. Um, some of the social impact organizations, if you look at the, the market that they're going to help, they're, they're usually the same type of market that is affected with large gaps in health disparities. So there's a lot of parallels and things that we can leverage from our Lethus network and my network and things we're doing that, that directly aligns well with, with some of the social impact startups as well. Now, Arletha, when you're looking at this kind of a, a partnership, are you do you put kind of timelines in place or milestones that you'd like to achieve? Are there goals that you want to achieve by a certain period of time? Uh, well, some of our goals really are just around getting our faculty involved. So that's the first step, you know, really to kind of gauge the interest um, at Morehouse School of Medicine, which we know anecdotally is, is huge, um, but really to kind of gauge that and then to understand, you know, what our faculty and our staff needs. Um, for example, we have other um, partnerships that will also kind of uh, come to bear, you know, with the ATDC partnership. An example is um, the United Health Group announced a $8.25 million data science initiative partnership with the Atlanta University Center last week. 
Um, and so, again, our faculty are a part of that. And so I think that what you'll see is education and training um, for our faculty and our students in data science and then be able to use that information, combine it with the health tech discoveries, you know, um, and be able to leverage that, you know, for more commercialization, you know, of our ideas. Now, is part of it also to help you attract talent into Morehouse by having this type of a connection to give them the these the talent to say, you know what, I'm going to pick Morehouse because I'm going to have access to the ATDC and that network as well? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I think that gives us, you know, another little... It's a point uh, of differentiation, yeah. right? Yes, exactly. So now, uh, Kirk, um, this thing just started. Do you have... Are you going over there to do workshops, programs? Like how how does it actually playing out in real life? Yes, to all the above. <laughs> yeah, he's already been over there. So been over there to give uh, several talks throughout the last last year, and so we are planning on um, looking at different ways that we can be heavily engaged in having even office hours with either myself or mentors or at so ATDC. You, and physically being physically there. being right, there. not just that. Yeah, we're a partner. Right. You can come here whenever you want, right. and then. No, nothing we'll changes, right? You're going to actually right. kind of boots on the ground. Exactly. Then. And we were just talking before we came in here about the first workshop that we want to do is bring Connie uh, over to Morehouse to, to talk about, about the, the grant, grant exactly. program. Exactly. So this isn't again from the from the beginning. We don't intend this just to look good on paper, right? But to actually you know work and engage and and have some. I think you know sit down and create some goals for us to accomplish. But ultimately, the goal is for you know entrepreneurs to be successful in creating their their business and getting them to the market and doing it the right way, you know. So now if a startup wants to learn more about you, your work as a catalyst, what's the coordinates to get a hold of you? So they can go to uh, atdc.org on their website and I'm listed on the website and they can email me there and, uh, and follow up. And there's, you know, we also have a calendar there with all our events for ATDC. So um, just feel free to go to atdc.org and check us out there. And Arletha, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, what are the best way? Yep. So it's msm.edu slash OTT. And then they can find you there? Yes. All right. Well, thank you both for sharing your story today. Thank you so thank much you for, having for having us. us. All right. This is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We will see you all next time on ATDC Radio.